Hey there, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of Tricky Kid Radio. I am your host, as always, Roy Turner. Got a great show for you. Uh, we have author Meg Gardner is with us. And, man, she has written this unsub series that is just absolutely awesome. Uh, she is someone Stephen King calls uh, an, an astonishing writer and... Like saying that her stuff is good as Michael Connolly's and the best suspense uh, thriller type of mysteries that he's come across in the last 20 years. So big, big praise there from Meg Gardner. Uh, we also have great music from, from the Radio Gunners. And what's going to be cool about that is that normally when we have um, a musical guest, usually how it works is this. We have a regular guest and then we play a song of the week. Uh, but if we have a musical guest, usually they're the main interview. They're the main thing. Um, and then we play music from them and maybe somebody else. But this time you're going to get an extra packed awesome show because not only are you going to get uh, our chat with author Meg Gardner uh, talking about uh, her book, The Dark Corners of the Night, the latest in the Unsub series, which is totally awesome and scared the shit out of me. Uh, but you're also going to get not only just music from the Radio Gunners, but you're going to get uh, a full interview uh, with those guys. So big pack show this week and uh, looking forward to getting uh, getting everybody had a great Memorial Day weekend. Um, I know things are a little tough right now, uh, but uh, it seems, seems to be, you know, some gatherings are starting to, to gather. <laughs> People are starting to kind of get back to their lives a little bit. I know it's not the same as before, uh, and hopefully we will get to a place where we can feel a bit normal. Uh, again, I hate talking about the whole COVID thing on here because I want this to be an escape uh, from that, but it's um, we have to acknowledge it a, a little bit just because I just want people to be safe, and I hope everybody's having a good time uh, with their lives. And again, uh, happy Memorial Day uh, weekend to everybody. Um, of course, it's the time to remember our... Um, you know, the members of, of our armed forces uh, who have done uh, a diligent job of joining the military and uh, doing their best to uh, protect this country. Um, it's sad that this country isn't quite what it was what, that I was born into. I'm seeing more and more just things that, that are completely uh, incongruent with uh, the America that I know and love and grew up with. Um, and I just I hope that uh, we can kind of find our way out of here. Sometimes it feels like that there's uh, there's uh, there's two Americas, and and I still kind of live in the one that's more reminiscent of the the fun one from the '80s. Uh, but regardless of where you stand politically, I hope you do get out and vote this this coming November. Uh, and uh, you know something's got to change. Whether you, I mean, I think I think that's one thing we all can agree on is that. Uh, Things just aren't quite uh, where they should be right now. And uh, uh, one thing I wanted to mention was, you know, since we're remembering, uh, of course, our uh, members of our armed forces, I also wanted to acknowledge that one thing that makes it a little tough is that, you know, uh, every year uh, we lose people we love. We, you know, celebrities and the whole bit, loved ones. Uh, but there are some years where it just seems a little bit more brutal than others. I remember, I guess it was 2017, where it seemed like every rocker from the 90s that, uh, you know, from Chris Cornell to Scott Wayland, and it seemed like it was like every other day, it was just something, something, something tragic was happening. And, 
And people always want to say, oh, it was that year or whatever. And, um, you know, I mean, again, we know we, we lose a lot of people every single year. I mean, if you ever watch the the Grammys or the Oscars and they did a whole memoriam, you know, in memoriam thing, it's kind of like, wow, man, it's kind of stacks up. Uh, but man, this year really seems to be extra cruel. And it seems to be, of course, it's even harder to deal with uh, with everything else that we're dealing with. Of course, again, like I said, with this this pandemic and a uh, very, very divided uh, country with uh, in, in this whole, you know, political atmosphere right now is just the most uncomfortable I, I can ever can quite recall. Uh, and so when we look to our heroes and and, and and loved ones for support and for escape and just for entertainment or just inspiration, whatever it is. When we lose them, it's hard enough. But when we lose them during a time like this, it gets it's uh, it's very difficult. So I wanted to kind of acknowledge a couple. Of course, um, you know, of course, the the whole year started uh, with that whole horrible thing that happened with uh, with Kobe Bryant and his daughter. Uh, but also in the basketball world, uh, man, Curly Neal from the Harlem Globetrotters. You know, thankfully, you know, he lived a long, great life, and he was somebody who inspired me from as long as I can remember. I'm a massive fan of the Harlem Globetrotters, and uh, and it's so great now that I have a little boy, Miles. Uh, I've already taken uh, him to see them. Uh, gosh, I guess we've been like three times now. And uh, I've had a great time every single time. I don't know why it took me until their, their 90th season about five years ago to finally attend one of their games. But, man, when I grew up, Curly, that whole team, Curly, Goose, Tex, um, of course, Meadowlark, Lemon, the whole thing. So it was very uh, sad to hear about uh, Curly passing. He was somebody I was kind of always wanting to maybe have on this show and somebody I, I would have loved to have had a conversation with. Uh, peace to his family. Um, in the music world, uh, my man Reed Mullen uh, from uh, from Corrosion of Conformity. Uh, you know, last time I saw Reed, he wasn't looking so good, and, and I, I was hearing things that um, that you know I was hoping he was going to come out on the other side of that, and um, and I'm very sad to hear that he didn't. Um, and if you're uh, you know a rock drummer in the rock world, you you know who who Reed Mullen is. Even if you're not, uh, I think most people at least. Uh, Fans of, of, of people that are my age uh, know who Neil Peart uh, from Rush is, and now that was a gut punch I, I will never recover from. Uh, I was just literally out of nowhere. I had no idea. I don't think you know unless you were, you knew him and you were in his orbit. And we've talked about that a few times on on the show uh, when we were talking with Brian Slagle, and we're going to have an entire um, um, tribute to uh, to Neil. Uh, coming up in a couple of episodes down the road. I kind of wanted to wait a little bit. I really wanted to do it right. I didn't want to do it right immediately when it had happened. And I've got a few guests in mind, and we're going to do something very, very, very special. In the music world, uh, my goodness. Uh, of course, you know we lost the beloved uh, Kenny Rogers earlier this year. We, for our big 1980 episode, get a big surprise for you. We're going to have a very, very, very special guest on that. And we're going to be talking about all things 1980. Um, because what I, I'm obsessed with the 80s. I grew up in the 80s, and and we've done a couple of, of 80s uh, episodes focusing on just one entire year. Uh, we did 89, of course, uh, last year. But now, 
that were in 2020, I get to start uh, at the very beginning of the 80s. So it'll be 40 years of the, uh, since 1980, and then next year I will do 1981 and so on and so on. Uh, but 1980 was very special because it was a very time where, where like country music artists were becoming very, very popular in the mainstream and uh, were in movies and stuff. And and so uh, it was very sad uh, to hear about Kenny Rogers passing. And we're going to have a bit of a tribute to him in that 1980s, uh, that 1980 episode. And, of course, the beloved John Prine, uh, my man, my man, Bill Withers. Golly, I got, grew up with my mom playing uh, lean on me uh, on sunny mornings when she was cleaning and uh, and I got to to, to, to speak and, and, and meet Bill a couple of times out in California at the ASCAP Expo and uh, just one of the most incredible talents. Uh, my life is so much better because uh, his music was in it. So um, much love to his family as well. And my gosh, we just lost little Richard. Uh God, that's got to be the greatest vocalist of all time. I mean, the man invented rock and roll. I mean, there's no debate about that, I, and I hate when people try to to get into those kinds of debates and who's better and all that. But you know, I've always said that the five architects of rock and roll were Little Richard, Bo Diddley, Chuck Berry, uh, Ike Turner, uh, and um, and Ray Charles. Uh, to me, that's like hi. I you know I invented uh, I don't know like. Whatever. Hi, I invented rock and roll. Like, I mean, the the thing that is the life force, at least for for me, and um, and so much you know culture that came after that. Uh, uh, on a personal note, a couple of things we lost uh, a couple of people that, that we were friends with uh, uh, up in New York. My friend Jimmy Webb ran this place called Trash and Vaudeville right there in St. Mark's, and it was an institution. Uh, it was a place where the Ramones got their, you know, iconic leather jackets. And my friend uh, Pete, Pistol Pete Kaufman, shout out to him. He was a, a groomsman in my wedding. He he and Jimmy were actually very close. And and I knew Jimmy. I just didn't know him as well as Pete did. But whenever I was in New York from 06 to 2013, I was always in St. Mark's. And I would always stop in to say hello to Jimmy. I still have my black skinny stretch pants that he sold me uh the first time i was in new york uh and i will never part with them no matter the fact that they don't fit anymore uh but especially now and then uh jimmy glenn uh he was a, a famous boxer of course he had a great spot uh in new york city and i always loved going in there and loved to say hello to to to, to jimmy glenn so to uh my new york jimmy's man uh jimmy webb and jimmy glenn rest in peace to you both um, love you both to death. Uh, great times and great memories I have with both of you. Uh, in the uh, art world, in the comic world, my man, uh, golly, um, everybody who, who listens to the show knows that I'm a obsessive of G.I. Joe, and I'm wearing a Cobra hat right now. I've got my G.I. Joe tattoos all uh, out and blazing because the weather is warmer and uh, Hector Garrido who is a longtime artist uh, with the G.I. Joe franchise passed away and and holy cow Mort Drucker from Mad Magazine if you don't recognize the name Mort Drucker I guarantee you recognize his, his genius and his talent and his art uh, he's the guy who always would take when you when you would see Mad Magazine. He was the guy that you would see kind of the celebrity caricature, and it, it looked so at the same time so absurdly exaggerated in its own very unique one of a kind style. 
but it also always looked just like the person. So it was just this weird dichotomy that was just fascinating and genius. I remember when Anthrax um, came out with their album State of Euphoria, and what a cool thing that was that they, they had gotten Mark Trucker to draw Anthrax. And because, uh, you know, while you know, I love all those bands back then, but I just really related to the fact that they were singing about Judge Dredd and they looked like, you know, characters from Mad Magazine. Uh, and Mort Drucker is uh, just a, a massive, massive one of a kind talent. And uh, rest in peace to him. Uh, Florian Schneider from Kraftwerk. Also, of course, uh, in the music world and was hearing about a few other different celebrities. Um, Andre uh, Harrell from Uptown Records. Roy Horn from the whole famed Siegfried and Roy team, uh, actors Jerry Stiller, Fred Willard, um, Ken Osmond, who played uh, Eddie Haskell, who is not Alice Cooper, by the way. Uh, Alice is still with us, thankfully, and uh, if it wasn't for this whole COVID nonsense, I probably would be at one of his concerts probably right now, I think. I think the, the date was actually today. Um, and then tragically, in the world of professional wrestling, uh, a lot of things have, have gone down. We lost... The greatest voice uh, in the, in the business, uh, the voice of my childhood, uh, in terms of professional wrestling, of course, the great the Fink Howard Finkel. Uh, I was pleased to uh, to have been at his uh, Hall of Fame induction ceremony uh, a few years back, and I've uh, I've met Howard many many times over the years, and always just the greatest dude. Uh, and I know he was beloved in his industry, not just for being such a great voice, but being such a great man. Uh, rest in peace to Howard Finkel. Uh, and a couple real fucked up tragedies, man. There's no other way to say it, but uh, 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 Hannah Kimura, who was a Japanese wrestler, who was on like some reality show that I wasn't familiar with, was a total victim of, uh, for some reason, online bullying. Imagine this, like, hi, I'm a wrestler. I get this opportunity to be to, to raise my awareness um, and raise my profile by being on this reality show. And how exciting is that for any young person to get paid to be on TV and become a celebrity? And then, for whatever reason, um, some public turned on her and were bullying her online. Uh, are, are bullying her online, and she took her own life. And as you know, we do a lot of suicide outreach and support on here. We do uh, the Night Watch every single year here. Um, we always uh, try to, to lend our voice and our support locally, globally, nationally, the whole bit. Um, please go to our website on trickykid.com. I'll have some more information at the end of the show. Uh, if you're ever feeling anything like that, especially from something so absurd and avoidable like online bullying, I mean, you know, you want to just say, look, look, just close your laptop. Fuck those people. You know, some people, you know, aren't able to do that. Um, and I would like to be able to help those people be able to do that. Uh, and then we heard about Shad Gaspard. Uh, you probably have heard about this. He was out uh, swimming, I guess. I guess, you know, he's eager to kind of get back out in the water like we all are. And he was with his son, and a riptide came in, and uh, something very heroic from what I'm hearing. He, you know, of course, instructed the, the lifeguards as they were coming in to save his son first. You know, he's a big, you know, virile, you know, uh, healthy, strong man. He, he'll be on his own. Um He'll do well on his own, and uh, but unfortunately he did not, and uh, and they they uh, it did not end well, and I was very very sad to hear about that. I've also have met Shad many many times over the years, and always a nice guy to me, and um, and again we peace to his family, and uh, and uh, we're much sympathy in that respect, um, and uh, certainly last but not least, 
Uh, as you guys all know, we're making a movie right now uh, about the beloved band King's X. We hope to have it out for you sometime in the fall of next year. This whole, again, COVID nonsense has kind of you know slowed us down a bit, so it might be a little bit longer. But uh, there will be a uh, the website, so just in a few short weeks, you're going to be able to know the name of this film, and you're going to be able to see a teaser, and uh, this is something that even the band hasn't quite seen yet. I've, of course, I've shown them footage uh, as we've been shooting, but this is going to be the first time the public is going to get to see any of it and get their first taste of it, and we're very, very excited about that. But uh, uh, Doug Pinnock, uh, probably the most recognizable face in the band, uh, he's that tall... Uh, skinny black dude who seems to never age. Um, his mom, uh, Gladys, uh, passed away over this past weekend. And I've been talking with Doug um, privately, of course, um, and doing my best to be there for him. He's not just uh, somebody that I'm working with. He and I have become quite close, and, uh, and, and I know he's in a lot of pain right now. And uh, just wanted to... Uh, um, you know, if you see Doug, uh, you know, or online, uh, anything, you know, tell him you're thinking about him. He's in a he's in a, in a in a pretty pretty weird, as you can imagine, place right now, and I just want to sh- give him a lot of love and a lot of support. Uh, we were hoping to have Gladys in our film. Uh, to uh, there was a whole segment I had written about us coming to Chicago, where they, where Doug goes for his birthday right outside of Chicago in a town called Gillette. And where his birthday becomes this big block party. And we were going to do it actually in 2018, uh, but it was a big snowstorm. I'm from Texas, and I always thought I would get that uh, another opportunity, which, as you can see, we did not. So uh, I, I kind of went against my own advice there that, you know, always take the shot. Uh, never, never, uh, you know, procrastinate in that regard. So. But uh, that's the least of it there. The, the, you know, you know, this is Doug's mother. This is a, you know, um, somebody that uh, obviously, you know, he, you know, he loved and um, he was very, very, obviously very close with. And uh, but she, thankfully, she lived a very, very long life. You know, keep, keep in mind, Doug's seventy-one years old. So I mean, most seventy-one-year-olds, you know, don't get to have their mother uh, that long. Uh, and so, if there's anything positive about that. Um, and then there's a lot of things that I won't, re- you know, that I won't talk about publicly that I know uh, that are happening um, within his uh, his uh, orbit there that are all very, very positive. And so, if you see Doug, t- uh, say hi, tell him you're thinking about him, and uh, you guys are gonna look forward to seeing that movie come out very, very, very soon. Okay, uh, so now uh, gloom and doom out of the way. Uh, again, uh, love to all, all to love. Please, everybody, take care of yourself. Don't take any bullshit from anybody. Uh, that's my motto. That's King's X's motto. That's one of the things that we bonded over. But uh, it's a crazy time. I want, I want people to be able to enjoy shows like this, put them in a good mood, uh, put a smile on their face, and maybe inspire them to want to go out and spread some love themselves. So uh, we want to thank our sponsors. Uh, man, so much great stuff. Blackstone Labs has been keeping me rocking. Uh, I've been doing this kickboxing thing here at Rockbox here in Frisco, Texas. Shout out to them. Shout out to Joe Arce. Shout out to Chandler uh, and Jay and uh, the whole crew there for really getting my ass back into shape, man. Um, you know, we just had a baby uh, a month ago. My little girl is a month old already. And uh, anyway, uh, so thanks to Blackstone Labs for the, for the whey protein. Uh, Sensible for the boxing gloves. Um also, uh, well, uh, this lighting system that just came out that is so great. 
Uh, it's called Newer, uh, as in like N-E-E-W-E-R. Uh, and I just, uh, we just got their uh, LED uh, video light uh, kit that is, we've been using it for, for, uh, for shoots. Uh, I'm going to start doing some live streaming on Twitch TV, by the way. My alter ego DJ Tricky Kid uh, is going to be doing that. So check out our Twitch stream coming up real, real soon. Uh, it's a little more complicated than I'd realized, so the delay on the launch of that um, is all on me, and I apologize for that. Uh, but check us out. on We're on, of course, every podcast platform. You can go to our website at trickykid.com. Make sure you put the dash between tricky and kid. That's tricky-kid.com. Uh, and we're on iHeartRadio. Uh, any any podcast platform, just type in Tricky Kid Radio. We're on iTunes. Make sure you subscribe, man. You'll get shows just like this in your inbox and uh, every Thursday. Um and more. Uh, we're going to be doubling up here soon as summer comes up with, with a few different specials because, you know, we do it in seasons. But always look out for those specials, man. Always make them, make them good. And got a lot of stuff coming up, like I mentioned, especially our big 100 episode uh, for 1980. We're on Facebook under Tricky Kid Radio Podcast. Uh, we're on Twitter under Tricky Kid and the number two. I'm on uh, Instagram under DJ Tricky Kid. Uh, and also, I wanted to mention that... Um, you will always mention my appearances and i haven't had any because of course we've been all under house arrest but virtually that's about to change as well so because uh june 12th through the 14th uh the great the great d'angela duff who's been on this show everybody who knows me of course and knows this show or listeners know that uh man prince uh i bleed purple um and have since I was eight years old and I've had many, many of the Prince alumni on this show. If you guys remember the recent Ingrid Chavez uh, episode, we had D'Angela Duff talking about uh, these symposiums that she does. Like she did like When Love Sexy from 88, I guess it was two years ago, in 2018, turned 30. And then last year uh, she did, of course, Batman from 89. Well, now it's, not, it's you know 2020, so she's going to do... 30 Years of Graffiti Bridge, which I know in the Prince world, that movie and soundtrack takes a beating, but I'm not one of them. I am a defender. I am a supporter. I absolutely love that film. I love that soundtrack. I love Ingrid Chavez so, so much. Uh, having her on this show twice now and becoming somewhat uh, of, of a friend to her uh, is tremendous uh she has a great record called memories of flying that came out last year please please check it out check out the episodes with ingrid in our archives uh we had so much fun but yeah man uh june 12th to the 14th uh again d'angela duff's uh doing her uh the hashtag is um prince hashtag dm40 gb30 for dirty mind 40 and uh gay uh and uh graffiti bridge 30 there's going to be so many great speakers. Uh, it's going to be so awesome. I'll have links uh, on uh, our website, and I'll be talking about it on social media. Please mark your calendar for that. Again, June 12th to the 14th. Uh, man, it is going to be something very, very, very special. Um, there is, it's going to include the Print Academic Virtual Book Launch. Uh, it's going to be coming out. I mean, it's just, that's going to be on June 7th. 
Uh, lots and lots of cool stuff coming up. And if you're not following D'Angela Duff, check her out, man. If you're interested in Prince, the whole the whole thing. I was going to attend my first celebration this year, and that got uh, canceled. I don't know uh, why it's taken me so long to do that as well. But, uh, you know, give me a break, man. In the last uh, two years, I've uh, met my wife and have had two children. So been, uh, been doing, doing some good things. So anyway, uh, check that out. Thank, once again, thanks for our sponsors. Thanks to our guests uh, for this week. Thanks for all of our subscribers for listening. And come on, man. I'm going to play you uh, a song uh, from uh, the Radio Gunners. And the song is called Talk to Me With Your Eyes. Uh, it's a great track. Uh, and again, uh, there's a great video project uh, that they're doing right now where they're doing this really, really, really neat thing on their YouTube channel uh, and, and it's where it's a montage of just people's eyes that they've had submit and I was going to do it I again have been very very busy I thought about kind of cool of having my little girls making her video debut uh but uh I wasn't I wasn't able to to participate the way that I wanted to but we are going to play the song for you uh talk to me with your eyes and then after that we're going to have those guys on uh for a little bit uh and then we'll have author Meg Gardner talking about Dark Corners of the Night. It's the latest in her Unsub series. Uh, and once again, this is Radio Gunners with Talk to Me with Your Eyes. How could a simple Turn into this Our lips would be touching right now If a look were a kiss So keep talking to me with your eyes I'm loving this conversation Everything you got me feeling inside Is going without saying I'd stay here and talk with you all night If you keep talking to me with your eyes Who knows where this may lead Or even if it's real But your heart is speaking to me with words that I can feel So keep talking to me with your eyes I'm loving this conversation Everything you got me feeling inside Is going without saying I'd stay here and talk with you all night If you keep talking to me I'm loving this conversation Everything you got me feeling inside Is going without saying I'd stay here and talk with you all night If you keep talking to me with your eyes Keep talking with your eyes 
Keep talking with your eyes. Keep talking to me with your eyes. Hey folks, this is Brian O'Halloran. You might know me from such iconic classic films as Clerks, Mallrats, Chasing Amy, Vulgar. Anyway, you're listening to Tricky Kid Radio. Hi, this is Marilyn Gigliotti. Most people know me as Veronica from Clerks. It ain't 37. Tricky Kid Radio with Roy Turner. Hey everybody, this is actor-musician Scott Schiaffo, best known from the Kevin Smith films Clerks and Vulgar. You are listening to Tricky Kid Radio with Roy Turner. Once again, that was Talk to Me With Your Eyes uh, by the Radio Gunners. Uh, check them out uh, online. Their new album is available now. Uh, and check out the video to Talk to Me With Your Eyes. It's a, it's a neat, neat production, my friend. Uh, okay, uh, so now uh, we're going to take a quick break, and uh, we will have uh, Paul Shrave uh, on from uh, the Radio Gunners. And then talking about, he'll tell you a little bit more about the band. And we had a great time uh, talking with those guys. This now uh, is Paul and Jeff from the Radio Gunners. Hey, guys, welcome. Hey, thanks for having us. Yeah, wonderful. Thank you. Uh, okay, so you guys are calling me uh, from Austin. Is that right? Yes, sir. So tell me a little bit about the Radio Gunners. How long have y'all been together? And what is the current state of the band? Go ahead, Paul. So, um, as a band, we've been together about, I guess, about two years now. Um, the current state of the band, we got our first album out, and uh, we're dying to do some gigs, but uh, it's a little, it, 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 it's a little sparse right now for gigging. Um, <laughs> just, <laughs> we just released our first uh, single off the album, and um, you know, as far as where we got together, uh, a real quick thing was it started off with a, 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 the third gunner, which is uh, Pete Nalda. And he and I met up about uh, four years ago when we were playing around town. And then one day, Jeff and I got together and I said, I got a buddy that you got to meet. And then we literally started playing together. And I think we were gigging within about, I don't know, three, four weeks. And just the magic turned on. We just loved playing with each other and making music. All right, so now I want to welcome uh, not only uh, Meg Gardner, uh, again, author talking about her latest book, Dark Corners of the Night, the latest in her Unsub series, uh, something Stephen King has called the best mystery uh, crime suspense that he has come across in 20 years. But I am going to bring on a special co-host, uh, Patricia Fuller, who I also call Mom. I've been wanting to have her on for a long, long time, and she kind of made a little bit of an appearance uh, during season two when we had, uh, unbelievably, we had Faye Dunaway on the show, and my mom had kind of a neat kind of connection to, to her in a way, uh, so she kind of came on, but she's been very resistant for some reason, which I don't, my mom was not a shy person. Uh, but anyway, but my mom is a massive, uh, voracious reader. Uh, when I think of my mom, I picture her with her nose in a book. She always has. And uh, this genre is her favorite. So I was very excited to tell to uh, turn her on 
to uh, this series by uh, our guest, Meg Gardner. And we kind of formed a little bit of a book club and we read read the books and we read Dark Corners of the Night together and talked about it. So I thought it was only right uh, to bring her on. So I uh, want to welcome again my co-host this week, Patricia Fuller, a.k.a. Mom. Uh, and now we bring on uh, Meg Gardner. characters really resonated with me and I just wanted to, to to kind of find out how did you kind of land on some of these people I'm sure absolutely to, to bring everybody up to speed the dark corners of the night is book three in my series about Caitlin Hendricks who is a young FBI agent who works for the behavioral analysis unit uh, in Quantico Virginia which is uh, an actual unit people may know it from Mindhunter, the series on Netflix, or Criminal Minds, and she is uh, uh, intense, driven, she's young, she's still learning the job, and she is a hunter. Her, what drives her to find the worst of the worst and stop them from what they're doing and, uh, and capture them. Uh, and that is why uh, the, the, the series is called the UNSUB series. UNSUB is shorthand uh, that the FBI uses for an unknown subject. Right, means okay. The, the unidentified perpetrator, the bad guy that they are after. And that is what, uh, that's that's who Caitlin goes after. So the, the story is about her and her team brought to Los Angeles to help the LTD uh, try to track down a home invasion killer who is terrorizing uh, Southern California, a killer who calls himself the Night Man, who expert burglar breaks in, he uh, kills the adults, doesn't harm the children other than to uh, leave them knowing that uh, you know they are now orphans and forcing them to after me after him that uh, that he's the Midnight Man, that he owns the night. So uh, those are those are the that's the protagonist and the antagonist in the story, and it's uh, it's about how Caitlin and the cops try to track down someone who's a shadow. Right. Uh, it's a roller coaster. Um, he he never makes an appearance during the day. He's uh, he comes and goes. Uh, so how do you how do you find someone who can use hundreds of miles of freeways? Uh, who knows how to slide in and out of houses silently uh, and uh, try to rip the mask off this guy and um, and you know bring him bring him down. And there's some other characters as well. There's uh, there's a, a a young girl who ends up being a, a surviving witness and saves her family. And so she's a, a good character. She's a sixth grader. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. Who's uh, pretty pretty feisty as Caitlin learns uh, as the story progresses. So I, it's it's tense. It's it's you know it's a suspense thriller. It's uh, supposed to make you want to uh, bite your nails and well, draw it's, your it, breath in. <laughs> it scared the shit out of me. Is what it did. <laughs> Thank you so much. That makes me so happy. It warms my heart. It is. I mean, the name of the book is thriller. And that, that tells you what it's supposed to do. It's supposed to make you want to keep turning the pages, you know, desperate to find out what happens next and, and concerned about the characters and, and are the investigators going to bring this guy down finally before he escalates even further and does, you know, increasingly 
terrible things. But it's supposed to be, as I said, it's supposed to be a roller coaster ride. It's supposed to be thoroughly enjoyable. I want readers to feel like they are on the case. Oh man! No, well, well, you trying to uh, trying to to solve it. Well, you can consider that mission accomplished because I was like scared of the dark and scared to go pee at night, like after I was <laughs> putting it on my bedside. Pat, what'd you think? Well, um, I understand that this is going to soon to be uh, a series on Amazon. Is that true? That is true. Uh, Amazon Studios has bought uh, this book and the unsub. A series for development as a television drama. So they want to turn it into an hour-long television show. The um, executive producer and showrunner is uh, Lawrence Trilling, who currently does um, Goliath for Amazon Studios with Billy Bob Thornton. All right, okay. So I'm very excited about it. I mean, I know he knows how to how to run a, a run television drama and great drama, great characters. You know, extremely successful you know suspenseful stories so i'm really excited to see what he's going to do with it do you know where they're going to shoot that at i don't yet okay because i know that you're currently but you're in austin and austin has become kind of the mini hollywood man everybody seems to be relocating and i need in uh and billy bob is look is is based in austin isn't he I don't actually know. I haven't run into him here, so if I do, I'll let you know. <laughs> right. Austin is, is just bubbling with all kinds of great film, TV, music, um, you know, creativity. One thing I thought was pretty cool is the playlist, without giving any spoilers. There's a playlist that the characters often listen to uh, in, in the book. Now that's got to be some personal taste there. Where where does where does that how does that happen? Like when you choose that, where does that come from? Oh, that, this is fun, and it, it's really not a spoiler to talk about uh, the music and the that I mentioned in the book. There's there's two sets of two two musical playlists. One might be the one that I imagine the characters listening to, and I mention on the page. And there's probably another one that I'm listening to as I'm editing the the book. Uh, which means like I'm under a deadline and I, I really want to get it done so I probably put on like the Gladiator soundtrack or something right. so that I just <laughs> right <laughs> like the writers of Rodan from Lord of the Rings for days but I want people to have a sense of of, um, of the mood of the book uh, and the music is really revelatory uh, as far as it's showing what um matters to the characters you know musical taste is very personal and it's very deeply emotional so i wanted to create playlists that, that the various characters listen to and it is a spoiler to say the midnight man the 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 killer in this this book um, does uh drive around and uh, skulk around uh with earbuds in listening to uh to some um pretty intense music and I was trying to when I was writing the book I thought okay where can I find a playlist what, what can I come up with that would, would fit this character and I just started googling various playlists and I came across one called dark industrial metal I thought <laughs> that sounds appropriate for <laughs> that's it <laughs> yeah and of course you know, I go to it and it's the music is really great, actually, but it sounds like something that would just terrify parents. You know, if they came in and saw their sophomore in high school listening to dark industrial metal, they oh, yeah. to, you know, rip the phone out of their hands. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, the the music that lets you know you've, 
the, the music lets you know you've done a shitty job of parenting, right? <laughs> That's, well, and, so, and then Caitlin, of course, when she goes out one night to try to, to put herself in the in the killer's place, she and her, her uh, colleagues go go driving around after midnight, and uh, she puts on nine inch nails, and her you know her her, her teammates like really, and Caitlin just says something like, "Well, I don't think this dude is listening to NPR. I think it's more likely that he's <laughs> right, right." So, Pat, you had something? Yeah, I remember that part. Caitlin <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the Predator seem to be, you know, the main characters, of course. And they have a lot of other people because they're kind of weaving in and out uh, of the, um, you know, the situation, okay? Um, I noticed that you uh, put Joan Beckett in a chapter. And, uh, and she's been in previous books of yours, right? technical uh, language and describing what she thought, uh, you know, that the, the Midnight Man, you know, what his uh, motives were. Now, how do you think that will come across when it is put in a series and it's viewed by the everyday person? That's always tough because you never want to write down to the reader. Readers are really smart. Uh, I never want to like get lost in jargon or write something that's so arcane that it becomes boring and impenetrable. Uh, so it's a it's a it's a real balancing act. And of course, in a novel, you can um, go into more detail and dialogue than you would have time to or want to um, in a television show. So on the page in the story, when Caitlin has you know consults with Joe, Joe. No, she's not speaking to a to a medical professional, but she's deal, dealing with somebody who knows all these terms um, or, or can be brought up to speed really quickly. So if she's talking about uh, paranoid personality disorder, uh, that, that sort of thing, and, you know, how, how, you, how you would diagnose uh, uh, psychopathy, she would expect Caitlin to be able to, to know that. And I think for a lot of readers, I hope that this is terminology that, they've at least um, brushed up against. Yeah. And so uh, it, it won't be uh, out of reach. Well, thank you. Because <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you explain something that everybody already knows, then it just seems cliche. Well, for sure. Um, Captain Obvious. So mm. it, 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 I, I want to present something that sounds, um, uh, you know, that readers can, can latch on to, uh, but that might... Uh, might surprise them a little bit uh, as you hear the characters talking about it and then I say, ah, okay, I see where this is going. Or you want to try to lead them into guessing what, how this is going to affect the, the course of the story. Well, but also, they're going to be so damn, you know, scared half to death that they won't even have time to kind of go, oh, I wonder how that came You know, it's like, you know, in terms of getting super, you know, I guess scientific, they're just going to be trying not to piss their pants because it's, it's really scary, Meg. It, it scared the shit out of me. <laughs> it's just a story. <laughs> 
It isn't. I haven't slept. Not because of the baby, but because of your book. You see? Pat, you, Pat, you, had, you had something, didn't you, there? Yes, I had, uh, I had a question. Well, maybe a statement, actually. Yeah. Uh, because I know uh, you don't want to give anything away on the air. And, um, uh, but when I first started reading the book, this question followed me all the way through. Why did Caitlin ask Michelle for forgiveness? In spite of everything else, I've had that in my head. Okay, so the, the, you're talking about the first uh, first scene in the novel, which is actually, it, uh, this is book three. There's, there's, a, there's a little bit of a continuing storyline that, that carries over through all the books in the series. And this book opens immediately, immediately after the events uh, of book two. So those events, that, that book ended on a bit of a cliffhanger, which this uh, now uh, resolves. And the, it opens with Caitlin um, arriving at the scene of a disaster. Uh, of, there's been a, a bombing at a hospital, and her, uh, her, her boyfriend, who's an ATF agent, an explosive specialist for the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives, is there not just to in, in, investigate, but because... Um, Caitlin's best friend, who's an ER nurse, uh, was, was in the hospital when the explosion took place, and <laughs> Caitlin's yeah. best friend also happens to be his ex-wife, so uh, <laughs> Caitlin, had, in the previous yeah. book, Caitlin had uh, become, um, had withdrawn from Michelle, uh, uh, and, and now she realizes with, with no good reason because she was she was worried about the fact that Michelle and Sean had a relationship and would always would and you know that was she was trying to deal with that and uh, she felt like she had left Michelle hanging when you, you never know what's going to happen and what happened was that Michelle walked into a into an explosion <laughs> so so she's Caitlin was just feeling guilty at the start of the, at the start of this book when she when she realizes that she had days, weeks to, to, to make everything right with Michelle, and she'd wasted it. Well, you know, so for the readers out there that may have not have read the previous books, are they able to jump into this by itself, or do you recommend them? I mean, obviously you want them to read all the books, of course, but if they had to and just start with this one, can this really exist as a standalone? Well, you said it scared you. <laughs> yes. No, I, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, it scared me on on Front Street, but I, uh, I but you know, so I think if you if you found it compelling, if you found that uh, the then that answers the question. I, I, the, fair enough. The books are labeled, you know, they they do continue, but anybody can pick up any of the books uh, anywhere in the series and uh, jump straight in. So there. Uh, are a few threads that carry over from from book to book. There are relationships that carry over and develop, but the, each story is meant to be able to stand on its own. So I know a lot of readers love to go in order. So if they want to do that, they can start with Unsub, which is book one, then Into the Black Nowhere and uh, The Dark Corners of the Night. But if you, this one is hot off the press and hot off the, you know, the, the Kindle and the Nook and hot off of uh, the, you know, the audio file. <laughs> so yeah. 
no matter how you want to, how you like to take your books, yeah, you can grab this hot off the grill. You know, mm-hmm. well, yeah, you know, well, for me, like I said I was able to, to, to jump on, and I, I, I hadn't read the, uh, the other ones from that from that series. But like you said, and I didn't really feel confused, but it was almost kind of like I felt like that these characters did have experiences previous to that they could kind of had kind of settled on. Do you know what I mean? So, and I think that that's to the credit. Trick we want you to we wanted we want to pull you in. (laughs) Right, right. And make you curious about what else has happened, so you can go find out. (laughs) Well, we were talking about music Uh, before you came on. We played uh, some music from uh, the Radio Gunners, and I'm sure you're quite familiar with them, aren't you, Meg? Very familiar. The Radio Gunners are an Americana band, very eclectic, and their new album, their new single is out, and it just so happens that my husband, Paul Shreve, uh, is the uh, guitar player and uh, songwriter and executive producer. <laughs> what a what a coincidence. <laughs> so, so, Mom, what did you think of the Radio Gunners when we played it earlier? I loved it. Yeah. It's good stuff. Thank you. Yeah, I love it. And I, and you'll hear this in the episode, Meg, but I, um, Paul sent me a handwritten letter that I was completely moved by and so grateful for. Even in this day and age, you mentioned about, you know, how we communicate through, you know, usually it's usually pretty convenient, email and text and and, and whatever. When was the last time, you know, anybody, at least for me, received something that somebody actually took the time to sit down and handwrite? And I was very grateful for it, and I'm actually going to read it read it uh, live on the air as we intro the song. So, uh, so please uh, give Paul uh, my uh, our endless gratitude for that. That was awesome, and we're loving the record. Thank you. I certainly will. Uh, a couple other things, whatever, uh, kind of just a little bit. One thing that you and Pat also, uh, my mom, have in common is that I saw that you're a member of the Chickasaw Nation. You're from Oklahoma. Uh, my mother is Native American. Hello. <laughs> yes. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> So, 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 talk a little bit to me a little bit about that, though, Meg. I mean, I mean, obviously, if that's in your bio and you're uh, being being a part of that, um, that's got to be something that's important to you. Very much so. I uh, I am originally from Oklahoma City. Uh, my family goes back uh, in Oklahoma till you know before it was a state. Back from you know the time the Chickasaw uh, arrived on the Trail of Tears uh, in the eighteen. 18- 40s and, uh, and the other the other side of the family arrived with the land rush and it's been fairly recent within the within the last 10 years that, that uh, we've finally been able to collect all the records to uh, officially uh, enroll as citizens of the Chickasaw Nation which has been fantastic it's great to connect with um, other other people uh, and the, the tribe is doing really well they're extremely generous with educational outreach and it's been wonderful for my kids to um, be able to connect uh, with with heritage that goes back God knows how many thousands of years here in in, uh, in America so I've found it just really wonderful well Meg I have been doing the same thing i have been researching for years i have found uh my family goes back like you say for generations and generations uh, i don't have a tribal affiliation yet but i'm working on it 
and uh, I'm looking forward to being able to join uh, uh, the Cherokee Nation. Awesome. <laughs> I'm here with my friend Roy. He is talking all things pieces of me. This is Tiffany here. To always, always tune in to Tricky Kid Radio with Roy Turner. Okay, so if you've just joined us, we're talking with Meg Gardner. Uh, her latest book is The Dark Corners of the Night, uh, and we're getting into all things about that. It's part of the Unsub series, uh, and all I can say is, is it prepare to be thrilled and be prepared to be scared. Uh, this is a great, 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 great book. And so when did this book come out, Meg? How long has it been out for? It uh, was published uh, late in February. 2020 so it's been out about eight weeks so like you said it is hot it is hot off the press here and like i said it's already been optioned uh for an amazon series uh so talk to me a little bit about what's what we can kind of you know obviously we have these current projects what can we look forward to moving forward after this well i am working on the next book in the series this is unsub three and i have a lot of words for unsub four uh that i've been typing up today so that is uh that's what what's coming next uh every book in this this series i don't know if i explained this is there's always a kernel of fact at the at the heart of the story each case that caitlin works on um is drawn in some way from a uh, true crime. Right, okay. So the first book, Unsub, uh, was uh, sparked by the Zodiac. Uh, the second book uh, by Ted Bundy. And this one, The Dark Corners of the Night, by the Night Stalker, who was a home invasion killer in Los Angeles in the 80s. And I lived in Southern California at the time. And it was remembering the, the dread, uh, the the, the spread across the entire Southland that made me curious to find out uh, what that case was really about and how today uh, the, the law enforcement would go about trying to, to break the case. So, but that's, that's interesting to me because, you know, people always want to you know, ask about, you know, things like motivation or, or you know, where where certain ideas come from. But one thing I, I, that I found so unique in this book is that your, your voice rings pretty clear. It's, it, doesn't, it doesn't really remind me of anything else. It's, it, it, that's, that, for me, that's what kind of, kind of ropes me in. Um, but I wanted to ask, though, that, you know, when did you as a writer, because we have a lot of writers, a lot of filmmakers, a lot of artists uh, that listen to this show who make up our, our, kind of our demographic, when did you feel like that you really found your voice? And then how much longer after that did you find success? Wow. This is my 15th published novel. And I say published novel. <laughs> there, <laughs> right, were, right. Uh, there were a couple that uh, I tried, uh, you know, that never even got out of the starting blocks or that just stumbled out of the gate. Uh, because I didn't know what I was doing. Uh, you mentioned my resume. I was I was originally uh, a lawyer. I, I practiced commercial litigation, so I did a whole lot of writing. And right. silly me, when I was young, I presumed that if I could write in one discipline, then I would translate immediately into being able to write whatever I wanted. And then I found out that writing novels is a whole different sport, a whole different skill set. took me 
years to figure out how to do it to a professional level. Uh, so, uh, you know, write one novel. I told everybody I was writing a, a fantastic murder mystery, and I described it, and then a fr friend finally pointed out the fatal flaw in my uh, plan was that nobody in this supposed murder mystery actually died. Um, <laughs> yeah, don't, so, don't hold back, Meg. All right. <laughs> so, you know, it, it, took, me, it took me years to, 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 to figure out how to clear the bar to write something publishable, you know, more time to get an agent. Uh, I was first published by a British publisher at the time when um, Paul and I and our kids were living in London, uh, and then it still took several years after that before I could get American publishers interested at all. So I, I learned a lot about perseverance and, uh, and, and sticking to it and figuring out how to write something that really meant something to me but would also connect with readers. You asked about finding my voice. I think once you stop being afraid uh, right, to put right. out there and you really dig deep and just write from, the, from what really moves you, uh, write with all the passion, all the excitement, go places that are uncomfortable for you as a writer, uh, and, uh, and and really stretch the limits. That's when you can start developing your own voice, and that's what readers will will connect with. You need to have great characters, a powerful story, but you have to be able to tell it your way and in something that really that really sparks a connection with uh, with readers. For 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 sure. But you know, you you would have to have a genuine drive because I mean, frankly, you were practicing law. I would imagine that. You know, being a lawyer is much more lucrative than being an unpublished writer. So for you to want to to, to take that, to traverse that path, that means it was something that, that you felt very strongly about doing. Totally. I, I realized that, you know, I needed to keep a roof over my head, that practicing law was a very good way to do it. But always, deep in the back of my brain and in the pit of my stomach, there was this idea that, that if I didn't take a chance and do the thing that really spoke to me that I want, that had always, I felt passionate about since I was a kid, you know, trying to write fiction, that if I just let that slide, uh, it would be wasting a gift. Um, so, uh, you know, the, the gift of, what, of, what, of something that meant a lot to me, and I, could, I, I felt a sense of panic at the thought that I would just let this go. Right, right. So I tried to find a way to do it on nights and weekends, and eventually when I had three small kids and I had uh, switched out of practicing law and was teaching, you know, I would, I would write on, on weekends. And it was finally when we, uh, when Paul, uh, when he was uh, transferred to London and all the kids were out of diapers and at least in preschool <laughs> for a couple of hours a day that I said, okay, it's time to put up or shut up. I've been telling myself I'm going to do this for years. Now, now I have some hours <laughs> between the time I, uh, the school bus comes, I better, I better make, make an effort. And and a mom on top of it. That, that's something of mom. That's something I know that Pat, you can relate to the the person with a corporate job, but with the heart of the artist. Do you want to add something to that? Well, I turned out being a teacher for twenty years. I can add that much to it. And yes, I've always wanted to write. Also, oh, God bless you. <laughs> But, you know, because we all have to kind of have that thing. We have, we have the job that pleases the parents, but then, like I said, but if you have that kind of, you know, desire to kind of take that 
uh, creative, uh, you know, path that doesn't always, you know, pay immediately with two weeks vacation each year. It's uh, uh, I could I could write my own book about about uh, uh, what it takes to to, to try to try to face that as well. So I always I always loved that contrast with you, and I and I loved that it showed you know you being the genuine article that if you're going to take that on, uh, uh, and then you were successful with it. And like I said, and and not to paint you, Meg, as somebody that's annoyingly good at everything but like how i said at the beginning of the show if your bio was like again like it's like a personal ad it was like it's not like i like basketball and cheap beer uh let's see here you are let's see you went on to graduate from stanford law school uh like i said you practice law and on top of everything else being a successful writer you got stephen king and oprah talking about you you're also a three-time jeopardy champion <laughs> Can you... I have a big overdeveloped trivia lobe in my brain. <laughs> <laughs> but you've made it all work for you. All that useless knowledge would just sit in my brain or on my shelf. You, however, turned it into a little bit of cash. Uh, it was so much fun. All I can tell anybody who's ever watched Jeopardy and said, gosh, I wonder how I do. Take 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 the jump. To go ahead and... Uh, and Call that number at the end of the show. Go on the website and uh, and audition and see what happens because uh, it was it was just terrific fun. But I love I love your fearlessness. Like I said, and that is why you are successful. Because like you said, you're not letting things stop you. You have had all the same challenges that everybody else had. You had you had the day job and the kids, and and you're the kind of person that called that number at the at the bottom of the screen. You know, I I, I think that that kind of spirit also kind of rings through in this book, especially with Caitlin. Do, do you do you see yourself a little bit in Caitlin? A little bit. It's, it's inevitable. People always ask whether a character is autobiographical, and of course. in a way, you know, I, you know, she's a young woman from originally from California, so I can identify with all of that, and that's probably one reason I wrote her that way because you want to be able to 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 connect with the character. But she, you know, she grew up in a very different uh, family than I did. She's the daughter of a cop. My my parents were teachers. Uh, she has, uh, you know struggled when her, when her, with her father's, uh, uh, you know, dealing with, with serial killers as his job, uh, and, you know, she grew up thinking that she needed to take on the burden of trying to protect everybody as a, and become a cop herself, so that's quite, quite different than, than me, but it's, I, I just love writing her as a, as a person that, um, that enjoys taking on the challenge, uh, even even knowing that it's that it's a burden. Because you know, she there there are bad her world is like there are bad people out there. Right, they're right. Stop. They're not going to stop on their own. Somebody has to stop them, and she's willing to be that person. So um, she also runs fast, and she you know. <laughs> right, right, yeah. <laughs> She can shoot really well. She's smart. So. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, annoyingly good at everything. I'm seeing a pattern here, you see. <laughs> Let me ask you this. So, so we were talking earlier about the Oklahoma, Texas. Uh, 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 you're from Oklahoma. You live in Austin. So where do you sit during OU weekend? <laughs> okay, this is a very delicate question. I know. I, uh, perhaps I should step outside the city limits here in Austin before I answer it, but if I, if I ever, if I ever sat on the Longhorn side, uh, my, my 
my Oklahoma family would, they would mount a caravan and like a convoy and cross the Red River and storm down to Travis County to take me out. (laughs) (laughs) I gotta, I gotta, I gotta wear sooner red. Well, thankfully the game is usually held in Dallas, right? At the Cotton Bowl, right? Exactly. (laughs) Have you ever actually been to one? I have not. Okay. So well, well, I would, I would like if you, if you do, uh, I, I would love to see you in a OU outfit or a, a jersey and flying your flag of Oklahoma proudly. Well, thank you. I'll try. <laughs> so, uh, Pat, did you have anything else for Maggie? Wanted to ask. So okay, so I think we're we're good on that end. So Meg, did we? I want to make sure we covered everything because it was. We're now going to go into where we can kind of plug a few things. Like if you have like obviously some websites and some social media things or any other projects you want to plug, uh, this would be where we're going to kind of go into that. So I'm going to say okay. So now, uh, Meg, uh, we know that the that the book Dark Corners of the Night is now in bookstores now and anywhere else also that you can consume your books uh, via Kindle or wherever else you get them, uh, but where can they find you personally? I am online. Uh, my website is meggardner.com, M-E-G-G-A-R-D-I-N-E-R.com. I'm on Twitter at meggardner1, Facebook at meggardnerbooks, and Instagram as well, meggardner1. I love the connecting with, with readers online, uh, t- talking about books, writing whatever, and uh, you can find me there. Okay, well, also not only that, but what would be fun is, is that now whenever the, also the series airs, uh, we're probably going to try to do like a little bit of a watch along, uh, so it might be kind of fun to maybe have you back if you'd like, uh, and we could have like a little fun online watch along, have people uh, ask questions in our Facebook live group, and uh, it's a great way to connect with the fans and kind of interact, and, and we have a lot of fun with it so we'd love to we'd love to have you have you back soon to be able to do that that sounds great just let me know i will of course so uh so this is going to be the fake goodbye part and then we'll do a pickup and then we should be done okay so so we're both gonna say so uh so so once again to our listeners we want to thank uh again the radio gunners for for kicking ass this week on this week's episode we want to thank our special guest meg gardner check out dark corners of the night uh look for it soon uh on amazon prime on uh on your tv screen soon uh and meg again we want to thank you again for my for my special co-host uh pat fuller meg we want to thank you so much for joining us thank you very much for having me All right, want to thank Meg Gardner uh, so much for joining us, uh, and also uh, to Patricia Fuller, my mom, uh, for making this so much fun this week. And what a good time that we we're all able to do that. And I had, and I said I had my mom on on Zoom and had Meg on the phone, and uh, what a good time that was. So uh, so I appreciate uh, both of ladies participating uh, this week. And now, uh, you know what? I'm going to play you uh, some more music from the Radio Gunners, and we're going to have some more chatting with those guys right after this. Lost my arm there in Shiloh. 
Then my brother at Cedar Creek Mama died of a broken heart Back in 63 I walked eight miles to be here Shared that road with many a soul and white to see the last man pay the toll now that this long dark war is over there's just one more soul to keep nine cars rolling down the iron rails draped in black for all to see Please just slow the train down So I may kneel upon the ground That Mr. Abraham is passing by today He is heading back home With his widow and his son To rest his weary soul down Springfield Way After all these years of heartache That made every family feel the pain Fathers, mothers, sisters and brothers I guess we'll never be the same Sixteen hundred miles and counting Thousands weeping by the rails Just to see that old train pass by With hats and hands and long black veils Please just slow the train down So I may kneel upon the ground That Mr. Abraham is passing by today he is heading back home with his widow and his son To rest his weary soul down Springfield Way Please just slow the train down so I may kneel upon the ground That Mr. Abraham is passing by today To rest his weary soul down Springfield Way Please just slow the train down So I may kneel upon the ground That Mr. Abraham is passing on his way Again, more great music uh, from the Radio Gunners. Uh, and now, let's bring those guys on. Back on, I should say. Uh, if you're just joining us, uh, they were at the top of the program. We played uh, Talk to Me With Your Eyes. Had a nice, uh, great chat there. And this is uh, the rest of that chat with the Radio Gunners. Kind of a feel-good song. It was. It's kind of an older song uh, that I, I wrote a long time ago. 
actually a couple other guys outside of the Radio Gunners band um, before I took a long hiatus from music. And when I got together with Pete and Paul and we started playing and decided we wanted to do an album, we started pooling songs together and, and uh, both Paul and Pete liked the song. And so we decided to go ahead and put it on the record and ultimately decided to release it as our first single. And is the is the album actually available right now? Yes, it is. Yes. Okay, and and people can actually can get uh, physical copies of it. Uh, is it in stores, or is it something you guys are doing directly from from your site? Uh, yeah, go ahead. I'll, I'll take this one. No, we uh, we have it. Uh, they're in stores. Uh, should be just hitting the stores. It's the things are a little slow right now, but. Um, so record stores and stuff, if they're open, right, 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 go in and go in and ask for them. Um, the, you can buy the CD on um, from Amazon and uh, from uh, CD Baby. Also, you can download from iTunes, um, Amazon. That we're on Amazon Prime, so you can ask Alexa to play us if you want. <laughs> Good. And um, we're on Spotify and several other uh, uh, um, streaming media. Well, and also, is there an actual vinyl physical copy of, of this album? Not vinyl. Boy, that's... I'm thinking about it, because we've been talking about it, and people keep asking, and uh, think about vinyl. <laughs> Man, that's one more one more round of, of production, which is fine. That's yeah, not a right. problem. <laughs> right. But you know what the biggest thing I've always heard about people with vinyl is that they get tired of carrying those records around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But you can I'm use them as a spare tire. <laughs> they're great for door. A box of those is great for door stops. I mean, you know, hurricanes. <laughs> and in the Texas heat as well, right? You know. Yeah. Oh yeah. Leave them in the back of the van. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. That's funny that people right. are listening to vinyl again as much as they have CDs. Well, I'll say yeah, this. Yeah. You know, we were just having this conversation. I'll say this, just a, a quick little background. I worked and still t- occasionally do uh, as a professional DJ, the, the kind of guy who puts on like a performance, you know, with beat juggling and scratching and mixing and all that. And I, and I, I did that for almost 20 years. And, and I still do uh, like instructional videos and we'll do things on the air right here to teach people how to do it. And I, yes, I too very much uh, got tired of having to lug all those records around all over the country and eventually all over the world. Um, but we were just talking, and, I'll, and I'll, I'll put this question to you guys as well, is that I feel like that, you know, I have kids now, uh, brand new babies, and so I'm thinking I want them to grow up in a household where as much as we love our Alexa machines and, and you know, it's at Spotify and we have SiriusXM in the car, I really miss dropping a needle. And so one thing I did this year was kind of revamp some stuff because I wanted to be able to teach people this and also to film it for, for this show. We also we have a, a great program called Tricky Kid TV. So I got a really great turntable, a really great mixer, and pulled out my records and even bought some new ones, and I put it on. And I hear people always say all the time, man, I had all this music on this one laptop and, you know, the airline lost my bag and now I don't have any music. And after hearing these records again, I I, I think about people who say that and I want to say to them, look, man, if all the music you ever had was on a hard drive on your laptop, you never had any. You never actually had any because I'm listening to this music now and I'm thinking, my God, I feel like that my, my, even my ears have been dulled 
from all the Spotify compressions or just the way we yeah. listen to music out of convenience. And I put on these records now, and I'm thinking, my God, this this is the experience. So yes, so have you guys experienced anything like that lately or recently, or had any sort of revelation that turns you back into a vinyl uh, convert? Uh, I have a large collection of vinyl, and I've always listened to vinyl. And I've you know I've also you know recorded, been in the business, so I've recorded a lot of songs. Um, analog and digitally and all the other types and while there's a lot to be gained like you're saying and you can have all your music on a hard drive I think there's also a lot to be lost when you get away from the vinyl uh, you know records records like that I know they started out with the cylinders and then they went on you know to like the turntables and the vinyl records it's just a totally different experience and yes. you, you get a different performance when you listen to them not to mention the fact that people used to get together families and friends exactly. and drop the needle. Yeah. And so I think they're, you know, as much as I appreciate the, the convenience of the modern ways, I, I, I do believe that there's something that's irreplaceable when you have a record player. Well, it's just also a, phys a physical engagement as well, like, like you're saying. Like, yeah. First of all, you can't roll a joint on a download. That, that's number one. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> number number two, like you said, you know these physical things that you will, uh, you know, you talk about that you share. You guys are probably come from the same era that I do, where we would make mixtapes for our friends and girlfriends yep. and and things like that. And that is one thing I do most is having that physical uh, connection to it. And then now there's a lot of people who do things like Jack White up in Nashville who will make these great, beautiful records with all the different colored vinyl and things that you'll, you'll remember and talk about and have an, an, a real relationship with, you know? Yeah. That my, cool. you know, my, one of my interesting, funny, you know, being in a band and bands used to listen to songs together and kind of get it, you know, and I would never forget when, uh, when my drummer brought in, um, uh, about the Phil Collins album with uh, In the Air Tonight. Yeah. And I hadn't heard it. Yeah, about half the band hadn't heard it. And he put it on, on the, uh, put the needle down, and, you know, we listened to it because it's the last song on one of the sides. And, oh, my goodness. Yeah. Like, whoa. And, you know, and the great things, like Jeff was saying, we all were moved at the same moment as, the, as he goes down with that drum like down, you know, down the drums. And that's the kind of thing that puts... That, you know, puts the goosebumps on your neck. Yes, yeah. yeah, for sure. And it's like it's like 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 television as well. You know, we used to watch television campfire style. You know, everybody would get around. <laughs> you know, and and so I really appreciate that. That I, I really have learned. Uh, it should be obvious that you know that these things like iPods and things are just simply a, a convenience tool. But you know, it, it didn't really it didn't really land where I felt like it should have landed with me until just really recently, where I thought, man. I have gotten so used, Google is one of our sponsors, so we've got those Google machines all over our house, and I love them. I love, love my iPod, I love my uh, SiriusXM, uh, you know, subscription and all that, but what I, and if you have, but if you have time uh, to be at home and you really want to have a, a, a really great music experience, a great social experience, 
And, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll do you even one more. Uh, I'm a massive Prince fanatic, and Prince came out with a record about yeah, about eight years ago. And I love all this stuff, and I, I get all this stuff the day it comes out, the whole bit. But there was one that came out about eight years ago, and I remember running through it. And it was okay. You know, it's great. It's always great. But nothing really just whacked me over the head, right? And so I'd kind of left it alone. And so one of the first records that I ever put on this new turntable that I just got at the beginning of the year was that Prince record. And I realized that after listening to it this way that I never actually ever heard it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I was just like, how I'm this record is eight years old and I could I could have been enjoying it at this level for eight years. So so I really hope to see the radio gunners on vinyl. I hope to I want to hold it in my hands. I want to see both of your charming faces uh, in, in some seventies gatefold experience. Up. The, the record com- I did talk to the record company and we get sales up. They're up for it. I mean it's, it's wonderful. It, it only takes about 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 two to three weeks. In fact, when we did the artwork for the album, one of the things Jeff and I did is we said, "All right, we got to make sure the artwork works on a twelve by 12 Yes. So that yeah, you, you've got that's one of the things with Jeff and I and and, and Pete, we were all checking out the the cover and we with the with the artist, the graphic artist, and we said, "All right, what does this look like?" And, and she came back and said, "Oh no, I did it. I did it big." <laughs> Good. I it down for this, and I said, "All right, we are set, guys." <laughs> <laughs> so, so who who put the record out? Goose Creek Music. Oh, okay, good. I thought I thought so. And you know what? I have, uh, and they're also are they are they based in Austin or where are they based out of? Um, out of Virginia, actually. Virginia. That's right. Okay. So, so Goose Creek. There is another band uh, like uh, that. Goose Creek has. Um, God, we had them on. I want to think of who the hell. Um, it's the, it the Steel Wheels. The Steel Wheels live at yep. Goose Creek is what I'm thinking. Yep. Okay, yep, that's yep. what I'm thinking. Okay, cool. Because I, I had it my first. I was thinking Steelers Wheels. You know, stuck in the middle with you and all that. And I was like, wait, no, that's not it. It's the Steel Wheels. Uh, so Goose Creek. Um, yeah, so they're out of Virginia. You, you wouldn't believe how many record labels are are actually moving to Austin. Austin has been such a uh, become such a hub, not only just for for music, but for film and, and industry and all that. Have you guys found the Austin thing to be supportive, or have you found it to be saturated? And, and is that competitiveness somewhat daunting for you guys? I think I think. The two key words were saturated and supportive. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, at the same time, yeah. It, there's a lot going on here with music. There always has been, right? And you know, like you said, as the the evolution of labels moving and with technology and all that stuff, you know, anybody can have, I guess, a label out of their house, and which that's kind of what it was in Nashville when I was there. All the all the record, some of the record labels were just in old houses, and they were major record labels. Yeah, but um, yeah, I think I think it's a little bit of both. Yeah, I mean, and when we, so I mean, the Gunners, we're a trio, but when we went in the studio, and you know, we, we play around with a lot of musicians in town and everything, and, and when we went in, and we took some of uh, some of the best people in Austin to help us do um, to do the album, and so we have some. Just truly awesome players. Everything from cello, violin, drummer. We got Raul on bass. I mean, it's 
you know, you sit down and lay down the tracks. Uh, and, you know, we, we're a little old school. I mean, we were talking about vinyl. I mean, Jeff and I are real, when it comes to production, we are really into, we want a really natural sound. You know, not a lot of compression, not a lot of this. Uh, we strive for not a lot of cutting into, you know, just, you know, like patching in a, a word here and a word there. No, try to, you know, Jeff's awesome for start to finish, one tick, and, you know, that's that's a lot of pressure on on a singer or a player, but that's that's kind of where we come from. So we the fidelity of we were after was a, a very much of a, a live band sound. You know, but this kind of music just such lends itself to that. I mean, obviously, I mean, this is uh, you know when you've got uh, you know all the different types of, of instrumentation, and obviously, you guys are you guys are are you know crack players i mean you guys obviously are very you know proficient at what you do and so you're going to attract people that that, that appreciate that kind of thing and they're going to want to be able to see that sort of thing live uh and so I'm, I'm i can't wait for people to be able to do that when we can all uh we're no longer under under house arrest and we can uh all uh you know crack that little bracelet around from our ankle and, and be set free right so um absolutely uh, you know, I, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention this. Um, unfortunately, because of, of this, the segue is that we, um, you know, we just lost John Prine a few days ago, and and I noticed I, when I'm listening to um, your music, and I was thinking about John Prine, I, I, f- I felt like that there was a little bit of a, maybe almost like a, dr- a direct influence. Can you can you talk a little bit about if, if John Prine and what he meant to you guys, or in, in, in any sort of influence on your music? Go ahead. Well, all right. I'll start. So, on, on our album, one of the one of the tunes on there is a, a song called "Mr. Abraham," and it's about Abraham Lincoln. Right. And it's 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 a ballad. It's a story, and that's the thing with John. You know, his stuff. It the the story just unfold. He you know used music to unfold this visual story in front of you, and so you know I was I. I you know, John is one of the guys that I listen to a lot. You know, you know him, Van Zandt. You know, of course, Dylan. Right. Uh, you know, and if you really listen to it, there's the the music is great, but the music is used to unfold this visual story in front of you and hopefully move you. I mean, you know, I, you know, I tell you, I have done you know in, in other in other bands and stuff, Angel from Montgomery and. You know, you, you, you've got the right people singing that. And like I say, again, the hairs on the back of your neck stand up. Yeah. That's, that's when you know you did it, when you nailed it. Uh, you know, and I couldn't concur that any more than 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 that. But I, I wanted to add this, though. You know, it, it was a very almost unfortunate coincidence i'm uh i'm also a filmmaker and we're working on on a couple different projects right now and one of the ones is more of a, of a bit of a personal one um uh about my mom she had found her sister after all these years and i have it on film and blah 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 and i'm trying to think of a way to score that scene and john prine's catalog is just built to be mined for things like that and that, that that's a completely different relationship with music than a lot of bands have do you know what i mean or what a lot of musicians have how many musicians out there make that kind of music that could be that somebody would automatically think to want to mine for something like that you know what i mean and so right. The appreciation that I have for not only that kind of music and also why I wanted to have you guys on the show is that uh, 
I love the storytelling. I love, you know, we just also just lost Kenny Rogers. What a what a what a what, a, what an epic storyteller. I mean, his, his songs were turned into actual movies and series and TV shows. And but I really love the the personal connection that goes into the storytelling. I wanted to know in, in closing, can you share something that that's on the record that might be a bit autobiographical? Come on, Jeff. Yeah, I can. <laughs> uh, there's a song on the record called What I Do For You. And I I was traveling a lot uh, back and forth to Nashville. And, uh, you know, I had a family, wife and, and children that were younger. And that was a, that was a while back. Um, and I would fly, fly back from just outside of San Antonio. And I'd fly back from Nashville sometimes very late at night, early in the morning. And, you know, you get home from being in that atmosphere and you're back to your normal life and, and it's, you know, there's nobody there waiting for you and even, you know, cheering that you're home. Most of the time they're in bed and you don't want to disturb them. And I just, you know, I thought about kind of how lonely that is sometimes. And I wrote a song um, right when I got home from the airport and I picked up my guitars about 3 o'clock in the morning and pumped this song out. And it had never gone anywhere, never saw the light of day. And yet, you know, here we are 15 years later and putting it on a record because Pete and Paul allowed me to bring that into the mix. And so that's that's kind of a little autobiographical tune there. But the song never but the song never left you though. Go ahead, I'm sorry. It's a wonderful well, one of the things Pete and I when we le- we heard that we said, All right, we're playing this one. Sometimes you know, a guy brings his something in that's really close and you go wow I, you know you're moved and you go let me let me be a part of this performance that is you know and I, but I loved how 15 years went by since you wrote it and but it never it never left you it never it was on your it was on your mind during that time yes the whole time I always wanted to record that song with a cello and then serendipity you know happens that I meet up with Paul and he's he's schooled in that kind of stuff and so he really helped out big time producing you know when we were in producing the album to bring that song to the uh, to the fruition of kind of my dream of how I wanted it well we have to play it and on air here and I think it would be a perfect way uh, for to send us to send us home here uh, for the end of the episode but I want you to intro it I already I'll have my editors do it how you tell the story, but then what we'll do is we'll back up for a second, and, in a, you, and I just want you to say the name of the song, and then I'll I'll add to that. Does that make sense? So I'm going to count you down from three, two, one. Go for it. Hey, everybody. This is Jeff from the Radio Gunners with Paul here on the show, and you're about to hear one of the songs on our album called What I Do For You. Perfect. You're a, you're a one-take pro, man. Um, okay, so again, uh, we want to thank all of our guests uh, this week. I uh, want to thank so much uh, to Paul and Jeff from the Radio Gunners. Please check these guys out. Uh, the new album is out. You can be able to get it. Go to the theradiogunners.com. Uh, the new single uh, is currently uh, playing right now. Um, we... You've heard several songs uh, on this episode, but there's much, much more to be had. Again, check out Talk to Me With Your Eyes. Request it. Call your local radio stations. 
Email them. Uh, if you want to be able to hear this, again, they're also available on all across the platforms, such as Spotify and wherever you get uh, your music. Once again, Paul and Jeff from the Radio Gunners. All right. Once again, I want to thank all of my guests, uh, Meg Gardner. Uh, check out uh, Dark Corners of the Night on the Unsub series. Uh, once again, music this week by the Radio Gunners. Check that out. Check all that their new CD out. Uh, and check out that video for Talk to Me with Your Eyes. Again, I want to thank our sponsors. Check us out. Make sure you're subscribing. We're on iHeartRadio. Uh, we're on all of them, man. We're on Spotify. Uh, subscribe to us on all that stuff. iTunes, Stitcher, the whole uh, shebang. And we've got some great stuff coming up uh, that you're not going to want to miss. Some great surprises. Again, happy Memorial Day uh, weekend to everybody. Uh, please stay safe. Uh, please take care of each other. Please stay safe uh, and take care of each other. Be kind to each other, okay? Uh, you know, don't take any shit, but spread love. Love to all. Uh, and I'm going to leave you with one more here from the Radio Gunners. And uh, we thank you guys so much. And this is this is what I do for you. And we will see you next week. If I said I needed you, would you find a way to blaze a path in the dark just to hear what I would say? And if all I needed was one kiss, just to keep my heart alive Would you find the wings and fly straight to me And never ask me why That's what I do for you Let there never be a doubt Sure as you own my soul, you're all that I'm about. I'll speak your name when I'm all alone, just to feel it in a room. And if you can think of anything else. That's what I'd do for you If I needed to feel your touch Or see the light on your face Would you say I'll be right there Don't move, just name the place If I say goodnight to you And you sense I'm feeling down Would you tell me to stay a while Then lift my heart off the ground 
That's what I do for you Let there never be a doubt As sure as you own my soul You're all that I'm about If I said I needed you Would you find a way 